Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Balance and Wellbeing podcast. Um, today, we're talking about parenting from the inside out, uh, a great topic to be discussing today. My name's Sam Eddy, and we've also got Katie Walls here today. How are you, Katie? I'm good. Hi, everyone. Um, so, Katie, we've had a bit of a chat about this one, as we always do, about all the topics. And I guess um, I think it's a nice lead on from all the stuff we've talked about around self-care, um, stress, looking after yourself. And it's probably a, a little bit of a, a controversial topic in some ways, because I know a lot of the work I do with clients, um, they often say to me that putting as a parent, putting yourself first can be is something that's often not talked about and can be a challenging thing to do. Mm. And so I'm just wondering for people who are listening, um, if you've got any thoughts about that initially or any questions about it, keen to know what you think. So please put those questions into the questions tab that you can see. Keen to hear what your experiences are on this topic, if it's much if it's talked about in your circles, whether anyone actively talks about putting yourself first as a parent. Um, and if you've got any specific questions coming in, we'd love to hear, hear them and we'll hopefully get to them all in today's session. Um, also, I just wanted to remind everyone that this session is being recorded and it will be emailed out at the conclusion. So you'll have a link to then listen to it again if you wish. And for all the subsequent sessions, we've got another session coming up in two weeks time on sleep how to sleep better, um, you have to register for those sessions specifically. So, Katie, um, and what do you think about the topic generally? Because, it, as I said at the start, it, it can be seen as controversial, um, this topic, because often in the parenting world, we have to put our kids first. The kids are precious, they're special, which is obviously all true, but they have to be put first. But we're sort of maybe potentially changing the conversation with this topic and saying, well, You've really got to look after yourself first and that that will flow on to your kids. What do you think about it? Yeah, look, so often you hear people saying, oh, I feel guilty. You know, there's just the, the list of to-dos and so many aspects to look after, and especially if we're working, you know, it'd be a part-time or full-time, it's still a, a large amount of our waking hours, so to speak. So um, I, I just, you know, this is a great opportunity for us to break it all down and go, but how how can we, if we're wanting to do all of that and if we've got so many aspects on our to-do list and our, our genuine care that we have for, her, for our families and those that we care for, then it's actually a responsibility to look after ourselves. It's not an indulgence in any way. And it's no different to, and I know it was um, put in the intro for this, in, the pla in a plane, you know, that's the first thing with safety. They'll say, make sure you put your oxygen mask on first so that you can be most effective in a, in a dangerous situation or stressful situation, et cetera. But it's no different to any other aspect of life. How can we give a quality that we want to give if we're exhausted, if we're drained, and if we wake up in the morning thinking, I've got to drag myself through the day? You know, kids can feel that. They, they, they're super radar when we're off, if we're saying one thing but we're not actually present, if we're distracted, et cetera, they'll, they'll feel actually, you know, what, well, mum and dad's not listening to me. So it's no different in aspects of how we care to, for ourselves or giving ourselves space during the week for things that are important for us because then you are going to be more of the parent that you want to be or the caregiver that you want to be. 
Yeah, that's so true. And and why do you think it's come about? I was thinking about this. Why is it that perhaps in the past at least we're taught that you must put kids before yourself? Mm. Because yeah. it's such an interesting, interesting, um, interesting conversational piece. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense, does it? If no. everything with what we're saying to begin with, that that's common sense. It's like, yeah, I can see that. If I'm depleted, what quality have I actually got to offer? And then I'm going to be niggly, naggy. There's going to be an edge to my voice, etc. And and then everyone around me has to feel that. So that's not taking responsibility. So exactly as you say, where did it come in then to feel that we were being indulgent for doing that? And I I, I don't know if this is something more prevalent to women or if it's exactly the same with men and women. I'd love to hear from people in the call. But definitely growing up, you know, there was um, an image that you got of what a good friend would be, a good caregiver would be, a good wife would be. And it always had, had that lacing of, well, it's selfless in that. So... Um, you know, where where are we when we're educating our kids? Do we say these type of things that, you know what, your self-love for you is the most important thing because then you're going to have that quality that you give yourself to give to other people. We don't bring that into education. It's all about what you can achieve. So the world is very geared that way as, as outcome-based rather than actually I've got to nurture myself, I've got to make sure that I'm feeling refreshed when I'm or to the best of my ability, refreshed when I wake up in the day so that I have, you know, I've got something really tangible to offer other people. Mm, yes, I like what you're saying. And I think also that because I think trying to distinguish between, I guess, the physical needs or the physical caring needs of children um, is is important to do because when babies first come along, they are so dependent um, on us as parents. So therefore, I think that can kind of set the tone because from a physical perspective, they literally need everything done for them. They can't do anything for themselves. So there is that um, element on a practical level that they have to be put first from that perspective. Like they need to be fed, they need to be changed, they need to be kept warm, they need to be looked after. But it doesn't mean they have to necessarily be put first, um, put over you in terms of your own well-being, if that makes sense. So I think that yeah. perhaps the the conversation starts off because of that physical dependence, and I think people tend to get confused with it and and see that they've always got to then continue putting themselves first from a well-being perspective over their own well-being, and that's where I think. Um, the stress can come in with parenting because um, people try to do too much. They try to be all things like what you're saying about we have all these messages and images that we're subjected to about what a good parent is and what a good parent does. And I think it gets quite confusing because as the kids get older and they get less physically dependent, we're still then perhaps from a wellbeing perspective of putting them over ourselves I often hear of parents when the kids get older and their whole weekends are dedicated to running the kids around to sports, to different um, after-school activities, um, to weekend activities, whatever it may be. And their identity starts to get a little bit lost in that. Mm. And yeah. I think that can also contribute to a lot of the confusion people feel. And, and because it sort of creeps in over time, 
I think people also, it's not a, necessarily conscious that their well-being has perhaps taken a back seat and their lives start to then revolve, um, you know, almost 100% around their children. Mm. Yeah, I really, it's really important what you said. They, it's spot on. They're absolutely, when you've got a newborn, they're, there's, um, you know, they're, they're reliant on everything and that's a cycle. So if we look at that newborn stage as a cycle, then the toddler stage is a cycle and going up, you know, as different cycles, at, at that newborn stage, it would be different to what we're needing to do, the, um, you know, the hours we're needing to care, et cetera. But I, I agree with you. I don't think then we're looking at what's needed. So we're just responding in more of a robotic way to parenting versus mm. actually what's going to help the child's development at that stage and their nurturing, but also, um, you know, so that they're, they're developing when they're able to get dressed and they're developing when they're able to start with the house chores because you see a lot of parents that, that come in for, for counselling or, or work with this area, you know, the kids might be 12 or 13 and they're still packing their lunches for them every day when or, or still doing everything, you know, versus, oh, I never even considered that, you know, it actually might be good for them to start packing their lunches because then they get to feel what they want to eat they're making decisions on how much food they're going to need. You know, they're bringing that independence in versus us just, well, actually, if I'm just in what is a good mother and what does that mean to be a good mother, then I'm not necessarily responding to what's right for our family or what's right for each developmental stage within the parenting process, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's such a key point because when kids develop and they move from babies to toddlers um, to younger children, then you're right, they're physically capable of doing a lot more. And I think it's about getting comfortable with the uncertainty and perhaps even starting the process of letting kids make mistakes or letting children make mistakes and maybe relinquishing some of the control that was so necessary early on. Mm. to aid in their development, to let them have new experiences, as you say, even with this simple example of making your lunch um, as a 12 or 13-year-old, you know, the the benefits that can have in terms of, you know, getting closer to, the, to, to food, understanding food, choosing what to eat, um, and then also the making mistakes along the way. That's, I guess, part of life and part of the uncertainty of life. So maybe control is part of it too when we've had to control all aspects of our baby's life initially starting to let go of that bit by bit can be a real challenge for people yeah and and what what's good is we're breaking down well what has been getting in the way then of the deeper care for ourselves um and more parenting from the inside out versus the outside this is this is what i need to do or this is what it looks like or this is what i think caring for my child is and with that control, I think it couples in with it's easier. And you often hear people say, look, I know I shouldn't be doing it. Well, that means, you know, making their lunches when they're able to mm -hmm. or, um, you know, doing all the household chores versus the kids unpacking the dishwasher. Someone might say, well, I just don't want them to break anything. But that is part of life. That is part of learning. And then even if you're using the example of making your lunch, someone said once, well, you know, I know you should be doing it, but what if he doesn't pack enough and he's going to be hungry? And it's like, well, That'll only happen for a day. 
or two yeah. days and, <laughs> and then you go actually I need more food so it's kind of a life learning skill but if, mm. if we break it down especially you know as busy working parents you can say oh look it's just easier if I do it but it's creating a rod for ourselves it's no different to maybe a baby that's used to having a dummy and then parents saying you know, I know we should really get rid of the dummy, but I just don't want sleepless nights for the next five nights. But then it's like, well, it's inevitable that we're going to have to do it at some stage. And then how is it affecting the quality of the family if we're delaying it, whatever it happens to be, whether it's the dummy or, you know, getting kids to dress themselves or help around the house more, feed the dog. You know, I don't want the dog food going everywhere. But we miss out when, because it is coupled with the control, as you said, or, are we delaying things because it's easier for the short term, but then we're not getting the joy and the beauty of working together in a family unit on a deeper level as well? Mm, yeah, absolutely. And and even jumping back to sort of the early stages of parenting when children come along and just you were talking again about the control, I think our lives prior to children um, can be are relatively controlled in that we go to work, you know, to a reasonable pattern. We catch up with people when we want, within reason. We have our social activities, perhaps our gym routines, whatever it may be. And so sometimes we don't, but within that we may not necessarily have much time for wellbeing. We might be really busy, we go, 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 and it's potentially easier to do it before children come along. Then, of course, when a new baby comes along, we work, 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 work. One parent goes off on leave um, for a while and then the world completely changes. And, of course, babies are on their own timeline. They, they don't have no regard for our rigid and structured ways of living as an adult. So that control can be really sort of shattered um, for a lot of people. And I think that's why it can be such a shock when... Um, my clients tell me when their babies come along because it's it's such a change in routine and, and there's no way in some ways to prepare for it other than experiencing it. And then when we've been super busy right up until the point that a baby comes along, our, we don't necessarily have our well-being built in to fall back on. And so I think part of the issue is that we the stress that comes along with having a new baby simply because it's such a big change the well-being conversation and looking after yourself kind of goes out the window yeah and with what you're saying too I could feel it exposes the cracks so when we have extra stress and even though it's gorgeous having a baby come into the world it does you know if they're up at night it is a stress it's being sleep deprived isn't fun So it's something we need to adjust. So if our foundation isn't there at the level that is needed when we expand our family or have a sickness in the family or change parenting roles, whatever it happens to be, um, you can see where there are some cracks. So observing that as well and going, okay, I can can feel I'm a bit stressed here or I can feel things aren't quite right. But feeling that tension and actually seeing that it can be your friend because it's showing you that you need to go deeper and then just pinpointing within yourself where that stress could be coming from or what you know needs to shift within your daily routine to create a bit more space or where perhaps you need to delegate aspects that you might primarily be the one that's been doing but that might have to shift within the family as well and that comes in where often we do get a bit robotic 
in how we work together as a family unit. And if you've got more pressure on you as a parent, be it work, be it um, parenting aspects, it's a great time to reflect and go, okay, we need to revise things here. And the kids get a bit older, and, and we did this recently in our family because we had a move coming up and a business project, et cetera. And it was like, well, I'm used to doing all this, but actually the kids are older now. What what needs to be delegated? Who's got more time within the house? So we looked at all our roles and responsibilities and changed those around so that's supporting the whole family. And, yeah, that can bring up staff and kids might have a bit of a whinge, but those conversations are great to bring into it to say, well, you know what, we're all committed, be it school, be it work, whatever it happens to be. And then even realising, you know, young kids can start feeding the dog. We might have to move dog food down to the bottom shelf so that they can bring the bowl over, but they love contributing. And if we start doing it when they're younger, it's so much easier than when you've got teenagers who are set in their ways a bit more and, and used to things being a certain way. So I'd love to, you know, just encourage, um, you know, the kids as when they are younger to get in that way of working as a family where you're putting your care for yourself as an equal priority so that that also they get to feel how important that is for themselves too. Yes, absolutely. And having awareness of all this stuff is key too, isn't it, Katie? Because the first step to maybe identifying points of stress with either within yourself or within the family at work is just having that initial awareness of what's going on. It's like, oh, yes, my stress levels are actually feeling quite high. We've talked about this a lot in previous podcasts, but having a real awareness of how your body's reacting. So are you feeling that adrenaline constantly coursing through? Are you really tired all the time? And and trying to use the body again to sort of awaken yourself and go, well, what what is it I need to be doing? Um, so you can start to then maybe even communicate better, like you were saying, to reprioritise things within the family, um, shift responsibilities where they need to be shifted, get other kids involved if there's kids old enough to help, that sort of thing. I think it really starts with having that initial awareness of, hang on, something's something's got to give here and I need to start looking after myself so I can be really present for my children and really enjoy all the great things about having kids and really enjoy seeing them grow and develop, enjoy spending time with them. But it really does start with somehow coming into awareness of it and yeah. becoming aware. And just because we've done things a certain way, we, we fall into that trap a little bit versus, okay, there's a tension here. Because if, if you're feeling tension, then the family's feeling the tension basically. So that goes back to our, um, you know, I feel guilty if, if I have that time and space to myself. It's like, well, it affects everyone. So, so again, it's, it's taking that responsibility. Um, either we're bringing our stress home or there's something that needs to adjust within the family that everyone's feeling tension and getting a bit niggly of each other as well. You might know what it is. You might just go, you know what, I've been a bit snappy at each other for the last few nights, so there's something that's not right here. And, um, you know, it could be just that you're needing a bit of support with preparing the meals, whoever that person is that does most of the cooking, and then seeing how you can work together with that so that then you have more space to put the kids to bed at night or to read them a story 
um, or that you, you share that from night to night, whatever it happens to be where you're feeling time poor to go, okay, what, what would I like to be offering either yourself or the family? And then what are the opportunities to change how you're all working mm. together so that you have that space? I mean, yes, for us, absolutely. Yeah, like it, it's different from family to family, but for us, you know, it's, we're not often together each night. So there are a few nights of the week that we've said, that's family dinner night. It's fine if you want to bring your friends over, but that that's they're, they're the nights and sure we can have some flexibility with it. But if they're not set, then it can go week by week if it doesn't happen. And then, you know, the kids actually start to look forward to it because they're they're a bit older now. And and they know that that's a time where we really regroup, where we have quality conversations together and we don't compromise that unless there's something extremely urgent that that needs to be in place with that. And it might be even sharing responsibilities. One one parent does the baths one night whilst the other parent's preparing the meals, et cetera. So rather than us going into, well, that's my job, I normally do that, going if we're all committing to having more space for ourselves and, and bringing that deeper level of care, then then how is that achievable? Yes, and it's interesting because a lot of the stuff you're talking about it's really actually really simple simple stuff, but often the hardest thing is having the conversation to start with. So having, or if you are feeling overwhelmed yourself, just mentioning it even to your partner, husband or wife or partner, even to the kids, um, to try and start that communication going and put things in motion, those simple things that you're suggesting that can have such powerful effects in terms of the overall dynamic um, energy levels within the family or reducing tension kind of in the family dynamic it's there's such small but powerful things and again it's it's I know it's we say this a lot but it really does come down to communicating your needs and not being afraid to communicate your needs especially when you're not feeling great and I was just wondering I think we've got about 30 people on the call with us today which is great so great to have you all here I'm just wondering what messages are out there in your discussions around this sort of stuff? Do you have any um, tips? Do you give tips to your friends? Do you get do you seek advice from your peers, from other parents, people at work around how to get better balance within a family dynamic, uh, family work dynamic when we're busy working parents? Is there are there things specifically that you find hard? Katie, you mentioned time before that time's pressure. Um, we're all feeling really time pressured. We're really busy at work. We're running home to be with kids. And does anyone feel like there is no time in the day for their own self-care or well-being? So keen to hear your thoughts, thoughts on that because I know that I get told a lot around the messages within within the community around what what the priority should be within life, how you should prioritise your kids. And we often want help about you know, suggestions or how do you manage your kids or how do you get things done at home or how do you manage work-life balance. But often those messages can come with a bit of judgement and that can also actually add to the pressure you're feeling. So choosing who you speak to about this stuff can be a challenge. Is that sort of your experience as well Katie yeah definitely then that's a beautiful lead into what I was feeling while you were talking Sam is 
there is a huge pressure, and I'm not stating anything new I know, um, mm-hmm. with being, let's let's use the term perfect parent, that doesn't exist, but you know what I'm talking about, that, you know, I make sure my kids got it, uh, my child's got after school activities so that they'll have a balance for some people might be in order to make sure that they have experienced or speaking another language or playing an instrument, um, something musical, and they're not going to make sure that they have a team sport in there as well. And, you know, because we're, we're trying, we're trying our best. But are we, you know, do we want to consult with our kids? I know when they're really young, they we make decisions for them. But do we have that opportunity to say, look, if your week's pretty full or you seem really tired by a Friday, uh, how are you going? How are you feeling with everything that you've got on? And if we give them the space to actually answer that honestly, you might find out things that you're not actually aware of. And they might actually say, I feel too busy. I remember um, when the, the kids were probably about five, six, seven, and we had quite a lot on for a few weekends. And then one of them said, you know, I said, is there anything in particular that you wanted to do this weekend? And she looked at me and she said, I actually just want to stay home. And I went, perfect. That's exactly what I feel like as well. So kids are getting busier and busier. The, the schooling system, the curriculum is getting busier and busier. So I think it's a great opportunity for us to go, am I just trying to fit in with what I feel is the right thing to do as a parent? Or am I going to start parenting more from the inside out in what I feel is important that I want to give my kids, which might be extremely different to what their friends are doing or how their friends are living. So I know for, for us, nutrition is really important. And I'm just giving this as an example. And mm. we're talking about lunches this morning with Zach, who's now, how old is he? Nearly 16. And he was making his lunch. And he said, you know, sometimes my friends pay you out because, you you know, you, they say that you're a bit over the top. And actually, I think, well, actually, I'm not over the top, but I'm consistent with wanting to provide, uh, you know, information on nutrition or, you know, just that they're not going to have a huge amount of sugar each day. They've got to make their own choices with that. But I could see how he was seeing it, but I could also say, but that's important for me as a parent in a world that's consuming more and more sugar, more and more salt, because what becomes normal the rate, you know, the level just keeps going higher and higher. So he might seem because we don't really have lollies in the house, we'll have treats every now and then, that's fine. We're not Nazi about it. But it's like if you're not living what's important to you, regardless of what everyone else is doing, then it just gets more and more and more. It's just like kids now, they're, they're gaming. The hours they're gaming each week is huge. And again, in this house, we don't have gaming during the week. Zach might have a little bit of time on the weekend. So, you know, he enjoys that he's having that experience. But he could say, well, all my friends, you know, they're doing this, they're doing that. And that's okay. And that's for their family to decide what's right for them. But just give yourself the opportunity to feel what's true for you and where you feel attention from maybe the world in that sense. But, you know, just being consistent and seeing how that goes for yourself so that you're not compromising with your parenting and what you want to offer your kids. Yeah, that's great advice, Katie. I think um, I think part of it also comes down to taking time out to really start to put this, and we always say this, I think, a lot, but start writing it down on paper to start mapping out a lot of this stuff you're talking about around 
well, what are my priorities? What's going on for me at the moment with work? Because obviously everything's interrelated. So work, home. I often talk to clients, and I might have said this on a previous podcast, who say that their priority is family. But in reality, they're working crazy hours. So whilst they have an intention and the intention is really genuine and good to spend more time with family and be more present with kids, the reality is that work's taken over. And it's not until sometimes they talk about it or start to write it down to actually go map out how long they're spending at work, what's the commute like, um, is there opportunities to work at home, then they can start to change things up. And then also when you're mapping out your priorities, adding in there, well, why is it a priority for me? So if you have, if, if one of your priorities is to obviously spend more time with kids, with your kids at home, but then they've got about three or four commitments on a week, they might be doing ballet or soccer or um, another extracurricular activity. Where's that coming from? So the, the initial thought to get your kids to do this stuff is, because you want them to grow, develop, to be social, to stay fit and healthy. But is there anything else going on? And maybe it's going to what we were saying, Katie, around what are there any external pressures? So, you know, is it the done thing at your school perhaps to have, you know, at least two extracurricular things? What about what about the weekend? I know there's a lot of pressure at school to have kids doing stuff on the weekends. And does that fit in with you know, what's going on for you? And then and then overlaying all these priorities with well, what about your own well-being? Mm. So if, you're, if your time is spent sort of running your kids around to this stuff, to these activities, you know, what time does that leave for you? Um, and is there another way to do it? Is there ways to, that you can still let the kids do some of these activities, but you can have time on your own? So sharing pickups with other parents, that sort of stuff can be, Again, really simple but important solutions, but the key is to start writing all this down because when it's in our own head, it can feel impossible and often the questions are, I I don't have any time. I don't have any time to do anything else because work is so busy, home is so busy, and it can feel like that. But once we start to write it down, you can really start to go, oh, hang on, you know, what's going on here? Or if you even talk about it with someone, who's not going to judge you, perhaps your partner, a trusted friend, a coach, someone like that, who can help you look at all these priorities that you've got in your life, all the things that you have to get done and can, without judgment, start to go, well, is that really serving you at the moment? Is that something you need to be doing? Can that be delayed? Can we reprioritise here? And that can be often a first but powerful step into true self-care, looking after yourself, and then the flow-on effects become really obvious to the quality that you, of time you're spending with your children as a parent, with your partner, and then how you're feeling when you're at work as well. Yeah, so true. And we do need downtime. You know, when, when you were talking about how busy the time is and, it, you know, we need time to organise for the week or just to prepare for the week. I don't, I don't know about you, but if there has been a really busy week or a couple of weekends that have been really busy, you start to feel when you haven't got the washing where you'd like it to be or the house just doesn't feel right because it's out of place to a level that's tipped over. So, um, you know, even looking looking at when you're booking in, 
um, engagements or meeting up with people, which is all very lovely, but are you spreading yourself too thin? And that goes with our personal things that we need to do for ourselves, but also that, that we need to do for the family as a whole and looking at everyone and everyone's commitments and does it feel like there's too much? Well, be bold and change the date, um, reschedule things a bit so that you haven't got that pressure because you know what it feels like when, you, when you've just got too much going on and, and haven't got that space to organise or prepare for the week as well. Yes, and I think... Um you know, it really comes down to choice points because when we realise our lives are really full, at some point we've got to make a choice about what we want to do and what we want to do to look after ourselves and look after our health and ensure our stress levels aren't rising too much. And I think that can be really difficult because change can be really hard and change can if we've been doing something or been following patterns in our lives whether it be working quite long hours um, taking on more and more responsibility not saying no as often as perhaps we should or having super uh, a super amount of commitments outside of work with friends um, with your kids whatever it may be that can be really really challenging to try and change because we've literally embedded these habits into our thinking and into our bodies so often people talk about our bodies being this, this sort of unconscious or subconscious mind and when we try and start to change some of this stuff it feels really uncomfortable so you might have written down your priorities for your life and for your own well-being and self-care as a parent and then you start to make the changes and then sometimes your body can go into a bit of chaos because you've trained your brain synapses, if you like, to think a certain way for so long and then you're trying to change it and the body starts to feel uncomfortable or it starts to then throw up the voice of doubt. Oh, you can start that tomorrow or start that next week or no, 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 it's important. I'll just do this project at work and then I'll start to change or I'll still have those commitments. I'll still catch up with these three people this week or organise these two extra play dates, but we can start reviewing it next week and that's when the changes that we, we want to make start to fall over a bit. So it's really good to be conscious of that. And once we've got our map in place and we're, we're comfortable with our priorities, that some of the pitfalls of trying to change can come up and sort of throw you off, off, your, um, off where you want to go. Hmm. And also in light of what you're saying, Sam, with change and that there can be difficulties with that, I'd love to also put it out there, okay, what happens if, um, you know, we're on different pages as, as parents and some of us may be um, single parents. Um, uh, it makes no difference in relation to that, whether we're single parents or in a relationship together because there's still choices to do with our kids. So you can have two people parenting but on different page and then that creates a tension as well. So addressing that. And with like anything, it takes one to go first. And, um, you know, just even if you're not completely on the same page, you're saying this is really important to me, I feel there's, there's too much going on or overcommitted or if we look at kids' extracurricular activities, you're saying, look, I, I, I think the kids are overcommitted with that. One parent might agree, one parent doesn't. But it's being consistent so that at least you're implementing something 
that acknowledges that even if you're not completely on the same page. And at times I've, I've had to say that with my partner, saying, look, I can feel you're not quite there because sometimes he himself is struggling with those aspects. So mm. if you haven't actually cleared it within yourself as a parent, it's really hard to parent from that place. For example, with TV, you know, he, my, my husband likes to check out a little bit with TV. So then <laughs> he finds it a bit hard with the kids to go, that's it, there's too much TV happening in this family. So yes. we've, been, we've really worked on that in the last few years. And, you know, I say, look, I get you're struggling with this because you're checking out with it. And then he'll go, yeah. oh, never looked at it like that. And I said, look, that's not one of my things. I might use ice cream or I might use something else, but I can really feel that's not helping our family. So then having those conversations and parenting in a way where some may be, one may be stronger than the other one in certain aspects. So really u- utilizing that. And the gift that that brings in supporting each other with parents. So there was a conversation we had to have the other night. And I said, look, that's for you to have because I can feel it in your body. You know, you, you're really, you know, you're really, this is really important to you. So, yeah, go for it. Open the conversation. Um, and that takes the pressure off as well. And that's looking after yourself because it doesn't have to all fall on your shoulders. Um, but that can, like you were saying before, Sam, it comes back to the communication if there's tension there, we once we'll talk about it. We don't have to fix it because often we'll go into the fixing or what do I need to do about it, but just acknowledging it, that starts to shift things anyway. Or it could be that, you know, I really, it's, it's not great how the kids are speaking to us at the moment. One parent might say, oh, I think you're overreacting. I, I don't have an issue with it. But the parent that's feeling it, there is something there because they're feeling it. So then that needs to be brought to the table and acknowledged so that the kids then get the benefit of what is being felt. Yeah. Sometimes we need to just say, look, let's agree to disagree, but I really, I really have to, I have to implement this or I have to bring this to the table for the family, et cetera. That's really, it's a really good topic to bring up because you're right, that communication between partners um, can be a source of tension because obviously we've all got our own ideas on what's appropriate or what's um, what's needed in the moment, and it can be different. And and but I like what you're saying in your approach to tackling it, um, and also that example of well, what am I doing? How am I living my life? And is that setting the message I want to be or showing setting the example I want to be setting for my children? Um, are we doing one thing and saying another in our lives inadvertently and obviously with no bad intention, but often we get caught up in our own lives and we, whilst we might know that say too much TV is, is not great for the children. I'm guilty of myself, you know, how many of us just, you know, funk out in front of Netflix and tune out because we're so busy. It is nice. (laughs) Exactly. This is so much available. You know, when we're not perfect and kids learn from how we deal with tensions in life. And the other day I said, look, you know, I'm working on this myself, but let's talk about it because I can see it's not supporting you. So it doesn't matter what age our kids are, you know, we're, we're a work in progress. And when they feel, you know, that's a life skill as well to to see how we deal with things. You know, they, they're seeing how adults deal with it. So you know, bringing that honesty, just because we don't, we haven't aced it or we're not perfect with it, we've got a lot to offer our kids 
and especially as teenagers, they can use that against you a little bit and say, well, you know, who are you to talk? You're still X, Y, Z. That's where you can come. You can come in and say, but you know what? I agree and I've clocked it and I'm working on it, but I'm not feeling you've got the same openness with working on what I'm bringing to the table. So it's not, it's not backing away from these situations and having a consistency and, you know, valuing yourself and your life skills that you've got in your parenting just from simply living a day, that's priceless. Mm. And then when we bring in the, um, you know, that honesty of going, yeah, I'm, I'm still working on it, but this is life and you're going to have lots of aspects that you're still developing um, but not holding back with everything that you um, experience within how you deal with those life situations. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's great stuff. And I've written a couple of notes here. And, but, but before I sort of made a couple of more points, just adding to that, Katie, I thought, with you know, that, that, that whole thing around communicating at all, with your partner or conflicting approaches to parenting, that must be something that many of us experience, especially on the call. So just wondering if anyone's got any examples of how they deal with that, uh, any questions about that. I'm sure if you've got a question, others would love to hear it. Um, so feel free to pop that question in, in the question box and, we'll, and we'll, we'll address that shortly. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and I was thinking what you were saying around if you're exhibiting a behavior um, that you don't then want your kids to do and then they sort of talk to you about it. I loved what you were saying about, well, you just sort of be honest and go, yeah, I I am doing more of this than I should be and I, I'm aware of it. Um, and, and it kind of made me think of the theme of transparency Yeah. and how much easier life is when we're transparent. So we're not trying to be per the perfect parent even to our children. We're not trying to pretend like we get it right all the time. We're not trying to pretend that we're something we're not. And if we realise that we're asking them to do something that perhaps we're not doing, we go, yeah, okay, I get it. It's a good point. It's a, something that I need to do, but it doesn't mean it's also something that you as a ch child don't need to then um, take, take heed of as well. Because when we are more transparent, it just life gets easy. You don't have to hide. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to be so controlled because you can just be yourself and you know that no matter what comes up, even if you find yourself holding contradictory positions sometimes, which we all do, you know it's an opportunity. And the more transparent and open we are, we're more likely to be able to take on feedback and go, oh, yeah, you're right. I am, mm. you know, doing too much of this. I am perhaps logging on to work at home too much and mm. the kids are picking up on it or I'm, I'm not giving them the time that I should be. And, again, not beating yourself up about it, just being aware of it. And I also, the other thing that came up was the idea of acceptance. So inevitably, and you think you said it as agreeing to disagree with a partner potentially around parenting or a parenting issue or something the kids might, might be wanting to do, sometimes you've just got to pick your battles, don't you? You have to... Um, sometimes let what you might think a mistake to occur happen. It might turn out not to be a mistake or the wrong thing to do. But I think getting to a point where you can accept that sometimes you'll disagree and also walk away from it and be okay with that all comes down to self-care. So the more you're looking after your own well-being, it's easier to come to that place because you know that things will work out okay no matter what happens, even if 
um, you have a disagreement about perhaps a party a child should be attending or a sporting game they should go to, you're able to let it go because if, you're, if your stress levels are lower, you can see the bigger picture um, and you know that perhaps, okay, this, I need to let this happen this time and, and I'm okay with it and, and you then don't carry it, you don't hold on to it and it's, it helps stop you from holding grudges you, so you don't bring it up the next time. So it really breaks that cycle of stress and tension that can come in when there's conflict between some different parenting styles and, and decisions. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're also in working that way with each other, allowing your vulnerabilities um, to be seen. And I think that's such a, a gift to give our kids and that transparency because you see how guarded being at school um, generally makes them feel, you know, just even in the playground and, um, you know, kids get a certain amount of protection just from having to work through what what is happening at school. So at least at home, you know, if we've got that place where they can feel safe just expressing what they're feeling without having to worry how my mate's going to feel about this or how's that going to come down, am I going to be put in a category by speaking this way, et cetera. And another thing that's that's great, and you've touched on this too, Sam, is um, when the kids get a bit older and they're starting to be able to offer you feedback, you know, <laughs> okay, it can be very confronting to begin with. I had mm. to experience this. But I realised <laughs> if I was being defensive, they're not going to offer me these things. They, you know, they clock it so quickly if we react, if our tone's different, et cetera. So they can really offer you great support in your own care and your own development. I mean, it's um, you know, it's it's one of people will say that one of the hardest aspects they've found is parenting because it asks you to go to a level of patience within yourself that maybe hasn't been asked of in a working environment, or that transparency, or you know, that honesty and vulnerability. So, how open are we then to allowing our kids to give us feedback? Um, without reacting to it and it's it's great even if yes. if week after this call you start observing that within yourself just to go yeah how open am I with that I might think I am but how do I react in these situations and then we miss out on such a valuable thing in our communication if we aren't working with our defensiveness that might come up at times yeah, I love, I love what you're saying. I mean, that's that's great stuff. We've had a couple of questions as you've been talking, Katie. Um, and one is, what suggestions do you have for appropriate boundaries while being still successful at work and progressing? So and I think... Mm, sorry. No, go for it. Sorry, I just hit mute then. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, still, I'm, still, I'm still here. <laughs> um, so, I think so I think it's to do with um, not sort of, and the question is around, the context of the question is sort of not getting sucked into the long hours and doing it more work because you want to progress, you want to go up, get up a corporate ladder, you might want to get a promotion to a yeah. more senior level whilst mm -hmm. you're then also being, a, being the primary carer at home. Um, and so... Not try not to take work over. So how do you put in those appropriate boundaries while still, you know, still being dedicated at work, still being ambitious at work, uh, potentially, if I'm, if I'm characterising the question right? 
Yeah, get it. Awesome question. I think we can all relate to, to that one. So I think there's an aspect that we get scared of if we're really going to go there with the question um, because we know typically what management's looking for um, and when we're not, you know, they want to look at the most productive return, et cetera, et cetera. But we're not robots, we're humans first and everyone's human. So management, whoever is our superior, who's observing our working style in relation to being able to back us for promotions, et cetera, they too are going through the same stuff that we're going through. So the more you claim that within yourself, then you actually will be a better management manager in a sense to your time management when you know what, what are priorities. It can be really tough to see to, to know when to put the boundaries in, to still be ambitious at work. But, um, yeah, it's interesting because I think that that it's important to just be clear on what your priorities are with yourself. And when you're mapping out perhaps on paper this stuff, it's really important so you can then see what is happening. You can then have it all mapped out in front of you. You can decide what's important to me. And once you've got all that down, perhaps talking about it with your partner if you have a partner at home, um, if you are the primary, primary carer, so you can then potentially enlist support and you can try and then make different choices. And, and it can also mean having um, sort of honest conversations with your boss or someone at work, but also at the same time be, be really clear and really enthusiastic about the work that you want to do because when we're really enthusiastic about the work we're doing and we're, we're showing dedication, we show we want to be there, um, we're potentially showing how innovative we can be at work, we're still able to then take the time we need. So put in those boundaries. Um, put in those boundaries with people at work and leave work, say, early if we need to be with the kids or not log in um, when we're at home with the kids if we if we don't necessarily need to, so we can still have the energy and show the ambition and the drive, but if we're looking after ourselves, taking time out throughout the day to really ensure that we're doing what we need to do, um, we're going to the gym if that's something that we enjoy doing, if we're literally going out of the office during the day and taking lunch and making sure that we're looking after ourselves, then I think that can start to help you then be clear on what you want to do. We can, we're less tempted to let the work stress take over and it's easier to be, be yourself at work um, but still show the passion and the drive as well as having that time, all the time you want to spend with your family and, and be a conscious parent. Um, but it's a great question, isn't it? Because it, it can be really difficult when you've got that... Um, that tension within you or the tension at work around, gee, I've got to be looking, um, I still want to progress, I still want to do well, but at the same time, from a practical perspective, I want to spend more time at home and be present with my kids. And I was just really talking about it's okay, you can still show the energy and the drive. And when you're at work, being really conscious of showing the energy, drive, passion, perhaps you're, you're, you're offering um, ways to innovate at work, being really creative at work, and the more self-care you're implementing in your life, the more likely you'll be able to do that. So that Definitely. you're making that impression at work, you're, the energy's there. So 
so it less becomes around FaceTime, if that makes sense, FaceTime at yeah. work and people start to to really see you come out and really start to see the value you're adding. Yeah, and they're actually management skills. So with what we were talking about before is if you're taking responsibility for all aspects of life, you're actually going to be more effective. But there is a fear, and, and I hear that, that question being asked a lot for people when they're realising what the expectations are from management at work. Um, but, you know, knowing everyone, a lot of people have families anyway in that balance. And if you're claiming, actually, if you're valuing what you're offering during your day, then you're actually better equipped to know when it's enough for the day. If we're not valuing what we're putting in, then it's never enough because there's always something to do, right? But, but going, wow, that was really great. I, I gave my all today and valuing that, then you'll actually feel when it's time, actually that's enough and I need to focus on the family. And if I do that, I'm going to actually feel better the next day when I'm back at work. Yeah, and absolutely. I see that in, in people that work that way. They, they start to, at first, it might ruffle a few feathers because, you know, they're leaving and people might look at their clock and going, oh, that person's not committed. But it's working through that. And your consistency actually then shows more commitment than anything because you're going to be more consistent. You're going to be more productive when you're actually there and you actually start to get a respect for that as well. Mm, absolutely. So thanks again for the question. So hopefully um, you got that answer. Apologies for the, the brief cutout then of Katie dropping off. I wasn't sure if I had dropped off, so apologies if there was a slight delay, but I think we got there in the end, so that's great. I mean, Katie, is it, we're sort of coming up to up to sort of the end. Is there any last thoughts you have on the topic that you wanted to share before we... Um... Yeah, that, that it's a work in progress, and if you even just um, observe over the next week, what are the areas that you can feel are creating tension and have created tension for a while? Jot those down and then just pick one or two aspects that you go, okay, I really want to shift this. And then have a look at what the barriers have been. Is it that you're not having the conversations with your partner about certain aspects to do with parenting or you're not having the conversations to do with what you're feeling, you're not giving yourself, be it time, be it certain things you want to book in for yourself, whatever it happens to be. And really making that a priority and not compromising on those aspects because even the conversations that you have, whatever comes up with that, it's all part of discussions on a bigger picture um, that everyone can benefit from as well. So just seeing where those obstacles are and often we can think, oh, well, this is the way it is. But there's always going to be choices. We mightn't like what the choices are or we mightn't feel bold enough to implement those, but you've always got different choices. And be it, it could even be as simple as, you know, you're overcommitted with work and you need to start looking at some of the projects and seeing if they can be delegated. Or it might be you've, you're working part time and you really can feel that the next step for you is to work longer hours or an extra day, et cetera. So then it's looking at the family environment, whatever it happens to be, just, um, you know, putting, putting those aspects as a priority for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, um, often with self-care, just adding to that, it's we often think we have to implement a whole new program or we have to start going to the gym five times a week or we have to meditate three times a week or whatever it may be. But sometimes it can just be enough to get it all down on paper and just commit to at least slowing down. So, you know, what's your pace of life? And if you're rushing, rushing, rushing around in the morning and racing out the door, 
just being really conscious of that and maybe getting up sort of 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes earlier, just so that you're not rushing around and setting the day off on, on a busy, super busy note. It might be if you catch yourself sort of running to the train, it might be just walking slowly and, um, and not, not being in that kind of high-paced, adrenaline-fueled level of, um, you know, living your life because that's often when we get immediately lost in the, in the busyness of the day and also we're not then as present for people at work or at home. So it doesn't necessarily have to be having to implement a whole lot of things for self-care and putting yourself first um, as a parent. It just might mean just starting to slow life down a bit and then if you're able to maintain that, the opportunities for change often then come up a bit more, a bit more naturally. Mm. Awesome. Were there any other questions or anything? We've got a couple of minutes. Was there anything that we haven't covered? Sam, no, I think we've, I think we've covered everything off. So thank you, thank you for those questions. That was great. And um, and I think next time we're talking about how to get a good night's sleep. No. Um, for working parents of uh, young children and older children, and I think it probably. Let's face it, it's relevant for everyone, isn't it? Getting a good night's yeah. sleep. So looking forward to that one. And we'll be looking at the quality of your sleep as well, because I don't know if anyone's experienced this, but you might find well, I had, you know, I had a good six hours or seven hours or eight hours, but I'm still waking up tired. So we'll be looking at what is affecting the quality of our sleep as well, which is really important. Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, um, everyone, for joining. And thanks again, Katie. It was great to chat as usual. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. Thank you for your time, everyone. Thanks.